they did a radical modified lymph node dissection. There was between 45 and 60 lymph nodes they took out of my neck, and they were all positive for malignancy. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third-generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs. I love this show. I get to interview local entrepreneurs, business owners, and influencers and hear their origin stories. It's so uplifting to hear their stories and how they've overcome their challenges to achieve their dreams. And I have loved to get to know our business neighbors better. So I hope you're enjoying it too. Today, I have a local couple here who have translated their personal experience to a favorite sandwich shop. So welcome Chris and Natalie Morris to the show. Thank you. Thanks, I appreciate it. Yeah, we're glad to have you guys here. Um, guys, tell me about Firehouse Subs. I understand that it's a franchise, and the original idea came from two brothers who have an entrepreneurial spirit and are also firefighters. But tell us more about it, how you brought it to Idle Falls. Are you a firefighter? Do you have to be? When did it open? All that kind of stuff. So we, uh, I've, I've always wanted to uh, jump into the restaurant business. I've, I've, I enjoy eating out. I mean, that was that was the first thing, but uh, <laughs> it's it's always held a certain appeal to me. Uh, eventually, so I've always kind of looked uh, looked around, just kind of scrolled the web, visited different places, always trying to find a new restaurant, whether it's franchises or mom and pop shops, just get some ideas. Uh, eventually, we started getting a little bit more serious about it here maybe four or five years, five years ago or so. Had you ever worked in the restaurant business? Is that something that have. you knew about? No, I never, I never have. Um, a little bit of backstory. I met uh, Natalie, my wife, when she was working at Subway uh, 13 years ago. Yeah, it's been a there long time. There you go. Natalie, you are the expert then. Yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, I first looked at Firehouse Subs and we started making some phone calls after I saw its growth potential, how it was rated nationwide, and it um, it was it, it drew us in. We made a couple phone calls, and they said, "We're sorry, the the rights are taken for the area." Oh, really? Yeah. So we we backed off a little bit, and and was that a surprise to you because there wasn't a firehouse subs? Yeah, it was. It was surprising. Yeah. We're, we were um, like, so how long is it going to take? When are they going to when are they going to bring it here? Oh, so the, um, they just weren't open in this area at all. It's not that somebody else had that. Somebody had somebody okay. had the rights to it. Yep. Got it. Um, uh, there was one in Pocatello, that, and when we were kind of going down this path, we actually drove around and started visiting some different restaurants, um, different store, different firehouse subs locations, kind of getting a feel and a vibe. Um, if I were to back up a little bit, I've been a uh, firefighter at the Idaho National Lab since 2008 and um, and then I uh, volunteered at Blackfoot for a few years before that so it it also helped with uh, choosing firehouse subs and going that direction because they they really embrace that culture yeah it was near and dear to you mm -hmm. what you were doing yeah um, we uh, a, a year went by a couple years went by I, I can't remember exactly probably probably a year I would say almost to the week and I had a uh, sinus surgery and I was just kind of sitting here in my chair the day I'd come home and started scrolling through franchises again, filling the itch, filling the bug. Came across Firehouse Subs and it, it showed up on a website that listed it as available for our area. Yeah, like, wait. Wow. Yeah, hey, <laughs> let's make a phone call. So we made a phone call and sure enough it had very recently within just a few days become available again oh my goodness and and we uh, got excited started down the evaluation process uh, soon realized there's a lot more to it than we ever thought there would be uh, they evaluate us just as much as um, also providing us an opportunity to evaluate them uh, that included uh, Natalie went down and worked in the area reps uh, training store for a week just to see really how it just to get a feel for it um, and then also we went down to Florida to headquarters uh, for kind of a an introductory week into the process and then a final kind of a final yes or no with the CEO of Firehouse Ups. So this was not an easy thing. It, it isn't just like pay your money and you get to be a no, franchisee. No, not at all. It was, it was, um, there, there were um, some other individuals I think that were 
try and for the rights as well. So there was a little bit of a behind the scenes competition, competition. there. Uh -huh. um, we weren't. They do a good job of keeping everything um, private and private and separated, but uh, we ended up coming did out. Did you on know top, that so. at the time that you were kind of in a little bit of a competition? We did. I can't remember when in the timeline uh, the area rep let us know that there was somebody else that was very interested, um, and they were going to kind of be. He was going to be making the difficult decision of which direction he was going to go. Wow. Wow. So it seemed like it was a good fit for you, Natalie, when you went and you did the training, you thought, yeah, this is, I like this organization. Yeah. I mean, I've worked in the food industry a little bit before, so I had a pretty good idea of what to expect, but I really liked the amount of support that they provided you with while you're down there. Um, even through the process of opening it up, I mean, they had a very detailed, thorough task list of if this is your expected opening date, this is what you need to have done by this date. And they cover every single little detail that you can imagine. So, Did this feel intimidating at all along the way? Like, were you like, okay, what are we getting into? We don't really, we didn't really know what we were doing when we started this. Is that kind of how it went? Absolutely. Yeah. I was nervous. He it was a big supporter and a huge rock for me during all of this because I've been at home with my kids for the last eight years. So it was kind of one extreme and then bounced into the other. So. Yeah. And had you guys had a business before? No, this was our this first was one. This was your first one. Well, I guess it's a pretty good way to do it with a franchise because they kind of outline everything. Is it foolproof? Uh, nothing is foolproof, <laughs> especially in the, in the small business world. It's there, there once you're, once you're committed, you're in. Uh, and that's the other thing from a, from a lending standpoint, um, the banks, the, the banks want you to have skin in the game. They don't, they don't know if you know how to run a restaurant. They right. don't know if you're um, going to be able to make it and be successful and continue to grow. So, so you're, you're putting everything on the line, um, hoping that it goes well and you don't have to start back over from square one. So why did the bank decide you were a good risk? I'm not sure. <laughs> Whatever the reason. <laughs> Whatever we're the reason, we're okay with it. Yeah. Well, it probably has to go too with Firehouse Subs' reputation. Um, clearly, if they're doing that level of of um, determining whether you were the right fit, uh, they probably know that you're vetted. You're vetted pretty well. Absolutely. That that does uh, that does definitely help and play a role. My ability to stay at the fire department during this also helps because then we have kind of a, a steady income to rely on. And that also is possible because both of us are able to, um, to work the business. Whereas I'm not sure that's always, always the case. Yeah. Is that a requirement for firehouse is that you are a, are a firefighter? No, not at all. Um, there are, there are some other either retired firemen or current firemen that own the restaurants. But Firehouse does have the caveat, if if I was going to be the sole operator and it wasn't both of us, I would have had to leave the fire department because they want you really focused on the business. Yeah, it's too hard to do um, both. And so we had already kind of planned on um, or talked about going that route when we initially went down the evaluation process. So the area rep with Firehouse Subs was very open from the onset that I would have to leave the fire department if I was going to be the sole operations, operating partner is what they call it. And that's when we had the talk with Natalie and um, she says, I'm all in and I'm ready to go. And she's been that way. She's, she's been there ever since. And I think she's loving it and enjoying it. She's doing a great <laughs> job. It's been really fun. Um, we're really able to, to split our roles between the, between the stores in a way that I think it helps us continue to be successful. Uh, we've put a lot of trust in our employees and uh, managers for the stores. That also has helped take a lot of a lot of some of that day-to-day -day burden off to help us focus on the bigger picture and growing and continuing to take care of our people. So you have more than one location? We do. We own uh, the Pocatello location as well. Okay. okay. We, we purchased that in September of 2019. Well, so your hands are full. You're kind of burning up the highway between here and Pocatello. Now we've got one in Ammon in the works as well. So Okay, great. Great. Well, that's awesome. So how does, so initially, Natalie, you were not planning on being in the business. I was not. I was thinking he would do all of it and I would just. You'd be, 
doing what you were doing. Yep. Yeah. It, it worked out really well though because I was not really sure what I wanted to do, but I know I wanted to work again when my kids were a little bit older and my youngest is in kindergarten now, so it was time. So you had a it, little more freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's great. So tell me a little bit about I understand working with your spouse. My husband and I have a business, but it's not always wonderful. Um, It is a lot of the times wonderful, but talk to me about how you guys have managed that. How do you make it work being married and being business partners? Um, Tell me what the magic is behind that. Well, I really like this guy, I guess. (laughs) Um, That helps. Yeah, he worked a lot for a very long time before we did this, so there was quite a bit of years that I didn't necessarily see him as much as I would have liked to. So it's been really nice to just have all that time together and to learn and grow together. It's definitely brought us closer. And how do you keep it, um, do you guys have very distinct roles in what you do so you're not overlapping? Is that is that part of the success? Yeah, I think that plays a big role in it as well. He kind of does all of the upper level stuff. He fixes everything that breaks. Um, and then I'm usually in there more or on the line. To. <laughs> or forget sometimes. Maybe YouTube so. helps on occasion, pulling up the video and yeah. <laughs> so it's been a good split, but I would love to see him, you know, take on a little more of the sandwich making stuff. I think that would be really fun for him, but we'll see if we get there one day. Do you have the skills? Do you think you can do it? I don't know if I have the skills. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, I have no doubt he could handle it. He accomplishes anything he sets his mind to. Well, and it sounds like you've hired well. You have trust in the people who are helping manage your stores. So We got incredibly lucky with all of our been people. very fortunate with great people. Yeah. yeah and a lot did. of people that have been with us since day one, uh, a large majority of our employees have been with us since day one. So what do you think, what do you attribute your success with that to? Why is that successful with your employees? Uh, one of our biggest things, uh, um, another big thing or a major thing that we talked about when we were going into this is uh, we wanted to take care of our people. We wanted to, that was that was part of the allure and I guess the, the hopeful enjoyment factor is taking care of our people, having our people be happy with the job that we're doing, enjoy working for us, and also help them grow. Um, for those, there's, there's some people that will want to stay with us for a long time, and we love that, and that's awesome. There's also another mix of people that um, are trying to go elsewhere, have their lives take them somewhere else, and so we're just kind of a stepping stone in the, in the process, whether that be college, whether that be just different career options. And so we always tell them when we hire them, um, if you take care of us while you're here, We'll do everything we can to, to take care of you and help you grow and get to where you want to be as well. So what I think is great about that is that some of us as owners get really possessive of our team. You know, they we get kind of angry if they say that they're going to leave us. So isn't that great that you guys are like, you know, help us out while you're here and we'll help you be better. I think that um, is a great mentality for really creating loyalty because uh, it helps both of you, your employees and you guys, to have the team that you, is loyal to you. So that's great. So after you guys um, decided to take on the franchise, do they help you choose locations? Do they give you some direction as to where the buildings should be? They provide a lot of support. Um, that was that that also played heavily in. Um, our decision to go with Firehouse Subs as well, because we had looked into other franchises and talking to other people, just kind of networking, reaching out, scrolling the web, scrolling the forums. Um, Firehouse Subs seem to be really known for for helping their franchisees and taking care of their franchisees. And we found that out from day one. They have step-by-step things that need to be done. They have a checklist. Go item by item. If you have questions, uh, we we talk to our area rep seven days, seven times a day, uh-huh. all the time. He's available. He gets back to us. Still, you're still involved still, with him. Even uh-huh. even now, we talk to him quite a bit. Questions, challenges, things he's experienced. That so they also help you with management stuff. If you had questions, if or we have questions, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. They they will they will help us. They will provide guidance. There's specific policy things that we have to stay within the bounds of, but sure. for the most part. Outside of that, he he will help provide advice and and guidance and kind of a 
kind of that helping hand. Now when it comes to site location, so they, they kind of ask us to get involved with some local real estate representatives, start looking at some properties around the area, see what's available for lease, and then compile a list and send it over to him before it goes to corporate just to kind of get a feel for what's happening. And then we start narrowing it down. They'll provide us a list of you need to have, you know, these demographics. So your your business lunch volume needs to be X amount, whatever, X that, amount, is. Uh-huh. whatever that is. Your residential median income needs to be this amount. So they give you a whole lot distance, of direction. A lot of to, direction. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a perfect formula for you to, yeah, be, able it was, to be successful. It was awesome. Um, tell me a little bit about how the story behind Firehouse Subs, um, do you feel like it attributes to your success when Firehouse Subs came to Idaho Falls? Do you think it already had a reputation before you opened the doors? Absolutely. Um, even the even the store in Pocatello, uh, it's located in the Costco parking lot and we, we had a lot of, as we were building the store, we had a lot of people approach us and say, we drive down to Pocatello just to get our Firehouse Subs all the time. And it's not just the 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 food they love the food the food is great we love the food we eat the sandwiches every day we're not we're not sick of them yet and and how long and have you had don't the business anticipate. Uh, we opened the Idle Falls store February of 2018 okay 2019 sorry yeah, it's been just over a year it's just been over just a over a year okay yeah. mm-hmm. the the culture within Firehouse Subs is also a big driver for the success success of the business and the franchise I think. And part of that is the Public Safety Foundation and what they do for first responders. Um, so they have a foundation where a portion of every purchase goes into this foundation. Um, customers and guests can also donate into a, a canister. They can buy our pickle buckets for $3 and that all of that money goes into the foundation. And what the foundation does is police departments, uh, fire departments, other first responding agencies will apply for grants. Uh, those grants can be medical supplies for the ambulance. They can be helmet, fire helmets uh, for, the, for the actual firemen themselves. They can be equipment on the fire truck. They just kind of express what their needs are. Uh, they'll, they'll put out a budget um, in terms of, or a, or a purchase request for dollar amount. And Firehouse Nationwide, they have a, they have a board and a team and they'll say, Okay, where's our closest firehouse? They'll try and make an evaluation decision on how many dollars to allocate to that region. Some of it's based on the grant request itself and how well they do. Um, our area has been extremely successful from a fundraising standpoint. And so we've had just over $80,000 come back to East Idaho since we opened last February, which is awesome. Amazing, yeah. That's been between Rexburg Fire Department, Jefferson uh, Fire Department, Jefferson County Fire Department, so it'd be Central Fire, and Blackfoot Fire Department, and then now the the uh, North Bannock um, Fire Department. That's great. Yeah. So, did would they have been had any access to those prior to you guys being located in Idaho Falls? Yeah, absolutely. They they it would matter. have, but I think that um, having another store in the area and then having very positive um, donation numbers or a, or a, a high a high percentage of our sales uh, go into roundup dollars or or um, donation canister purchases for the foundation I think helps. Yeah, that's kind of fun. So you have this built-in community um, service mm-hmm. just by selling sandwiches. Yep. Yeah, that's great. And, and it's nice for them. You you'll hear about charity, charities, and I won't I won't be able to give you specific numbers, but they always have a a certain percentage of every dollar that will go to the cause. Well, the way that uh, Chris and Robin Sorensen, um, from my understanding and vision, this to work is they already have the firehouse subs infrastructure in place. They can operate this at a very low cost, low overhead. So there is a large chunk of those dollars that um, generally more than a lot of charitable organizations that goes to the cause. Got it. So what you're, what I think I hear you saying is that typically nonprofits have overhead that Firehouse doesn't because it's integrated within yeah. their other system. Yep. Yeah. Great. So was it immediately successful, guys, when you opened your location on Utah Avenue? Is that right? Was it immediately successful? It was. It was um, 
It was a it was a real shock actually. We uh, we had we had an idea. We were trying to plan big, and um, it it kicked off very well. It was it was busy. Uh, it was definitely sun up to sundown for quite a while, and trying to get things figured out. Um, we we worked our we worked our team pretty hard there for a while. Yeah, and, and even still, it, it leveled off a little bit, but the store uh, has continued to be successful. Um, Utah Avenue's been an, a great location, and we just look forward to continuing and hoping that we can maintain and. Hospitality is one of the big pieces that we want to make sure that we stay on top of. And, yeah. And fortunately, we have a great team that's uh, on the same page with us and trying to do the same things. Well, customer service always makes a big difference for people. Mm -hmm. And they're willing to pay a little bit more if you give them amazing customer service. So I don't know that that's the case with you guys, but I think that we have found that in our business is that making sure that we take care of our customers has got to be number one um, because they, you know, we have this obligation to help them get through whatever they're going through. And you guys take care of people when they're hungry. That's a dang good thing. It's important. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about, um, did you come from an entrepreneurial family? Why were you so interested in being an entrepreneur? So growing up, I've, I have had um, a number of family members that have been involved in um, small business. And it's, it's interesting looking back uh, how many just little lessons there are to be had as you were growing up. Yeah. Um, as, you, as you have a business and you have employees and the way your mindset works and you're wanting to help people out, you're wanting to give advice, you're wanting to kind of nudge them in the right direction. Um, I, I think back and there was many, many, many different stories or talks or lessons or um, examples would be another big part of it that were instrumental in my desire to, to try and have a small business of our own and try and have employees of our own. And so here you are. Here we are. <laughs> I mean, I get that as an entrepreneur. I think that we all kind of have that little bug about not wanting to work for somebody else. But I think that we go in a bit naive, not really understanding what it means to be a business owner. Was it a shock to you? I don't know if it was a shock, but it adds a whole different level of stress. Yeah. Um, some of that stress, some of that stress is, is, is personal stress and wanting to, wanting to make sure that you're successful and can grow. And obviously the business is profitable. Um, so you can keep it open, but a, a big part of that stress, I think, is making sure that we always have jobs for our people. Yeah. They, they rely on us. They, right. It's it's extremely important to them that we keep our doors open, that we maintain that uh, a high level of, of success so they can continue to grow and get where they want to be. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think that the weight that we feel is much more about making sure that our team is successful Absolutely. and have jobs, especially as we've been going through um, the coronavirus being present. Tell me a little bit about how that has affected your business. Do you guys feel like that has been good or bad? I mean, most restaurants, it seems to have had quite an impact on them. It's both, uh, so our journey through the coronavirus uh, and how, and, and as East Idaho and the CDC and everything kind of came together was, it was definitely stressful as, especially those first two weeks. One of the major things I think that has helped us uh, be in the position we're in right now uh, through the, through the uh, COVID-19 era, I guess we'll, we'll call it now. Yeah, I think it is gonna be an era. Um, it yeah. is gonna be an era, is we already had an infrastructure in place for takeout orders. That, that helped us a lot. Uh, customers were already acclimated and used to our, our process uh, whether that be ordering on the website, ordering through the app, they're used to walking in, they just grab their sandwich, find their name, walk out the door, um, or, or through the third-party delivery platforms. We were already set up through DoorDash and Grubhub and Uber Eats and some of those and that. I think that helped us a lot. Gave you a leg up. Uh -huh. gave, us, gave us a leg up. Um, the first two weeks, Pocatello was 80% down. 
It wow. was. It took a hit. It took a big hit. Um, one of the one of the most notable things down there is we feel strongly through feedback. Uh, a lot of customers felt like we had closed, and so we had to just really change our advertising message and change our our way of our way of marketing to just get that word out there to let them know, hey, we're open. Yeah. Uh, we did make some changes, but I we told the employees we said, at the end of the day, I have a lease. I have a loan payment. Um, if we can bring enough people in to, to cover wages, which I am confident we can, we'll keep the doors open and keep you guys here. Beyond that, Idle Falls, Idle Falls took a dip. It wasn't as significant as Pocatello. And as we've made our marketing changes, um, and, and then corporate also had made some uh, national level marketing changes, we're, we're back up to relatively normal sales right now. And you don't have your dining room open. We don't. Mm -hmm. Customers can still walk in and place their order, but, but nobody can sit down yeah. and stay. So that's impressive. I think we have all adapted in different ways. And I guess with eating through restaurants, it's definitely something we now know it's to go. And so hopefully everybody's working. Yeah, we, uh, we also are trying our best to it, it, it's humbling in the sense of there, there's some other restaurants that I believe are still struggling and, and that we're hearing are still struggling. So we're trying to encourage friends. We talk to people, us ourselves. We try, we're trying to go out and support those other places as much as we can and just help out where we can. Do you feel like those restaurants that are struggling were those that were less positioned for the to-go kind of ordering? My, my opinion, yes, on, on some of the ones that I'm thinking yeah. of specifically. There's a lot of other challenges depending on um, as the business market shut down, you may have lost most of your traffic because they're not in your area anymore. Yeah, right. You might have already been set up for those kind of operations, but you just don't have, you don't have the traffic People around there. you that you used to. There's mm -hmm. nobody there. Yeah. Um, there's, there's probably a multitude of reasons. Um, a lot of them, you know, some of it, it's just even hard to speculate. It's just how it is. Well, what do you think you've learned through this journey so far? Biggest takeaway for us is um, trying to be, make sure you have uh, some reserves. Uh, make sure you have the, the ability to, to try and just stockpile some, some cash reserves to support you during those, those declines and downturns. Have a plan with your with your landlords ahead of time. If something happens, if I, if I, if if there's an event that comes up and I have a certain percentage of sales drop, can we do some lease deferments? Uh, that's something that we we were fortunate. We talked to our landlords. We pretty closely have phenomenal landlords. Uh, we we didn't end up pursuing any of those options, but it's it's good to communicate with them. Yeah, have they a contingency also, plan. You know, they they have they have institutions that they answer to as well so they are in a tough spot but communicating is a big part of that and just just kind of having a plan if if this were to happen do i have some money in the bank to to carry us through a couple of months and so that's something we're going to really focus on making sure that we always have is some cash reserves in the bank and a and a formal plan with our landlords yeah, boy, isn't that huge? I think a lot of us have learned that. And communication, when you said that, I think that really resonated with me. Communication with the, your customers and your employees because they're worried. And so making sure that you're not shutting down because you don't know what the answers are. I think that's a huge message to business owners is we've got to keep those lines open. I couldn't agree more. Um, so talk to me a little bit about during this journey when you decided you were going to open the restaurant and all along, have you ever experienced feelings of doubt? Like, why did we decide to do this? What the heck are we doing? Like, and how have you overcome this if you have felt that, either of you? It was intimidating at first. I mean, I've obviously never done anything like this. I had a very steep learning curve to go through at first. Um, fortunately, we did have a very good support system. Um, after we got officially approved to open, we had, well, I had to go to Utah and do another six weeks at the training store. They had an awesome schedule where each day I would learn something new and by week three I was managing their stores. So they had me go through everything that I possibly needed. Wow. Which helped a lot. <laughs> yeah, that is intimidating. Week three, like who's ready to do that by week three? They just, mm -hmm. it was like fire hose. Yep, <laughs> a lot to take in all at once, but it was a phenomenal support system down there. So. so did you ever think, why did we decide to do this? 
Um, I definitely had a couple of moments, but you know, I think just due to the nature of so much new things happening at once that, I don't know, but we got through it and here we are. So what's the trick to get through that? Like when you, when feelings of self-doubt come in, what do you guys do to overcome that? I lean on him. He's my rock. <laughs> and so how do you handle it? Honestly, I'm, I'm not sure. I, from day one, as soon as, as soon as I feel like my mind was made up, this is where we're going. Uh, it's it's been all in ever since, and I'm ready to keep going, keep growing. Um, that's not to say it's not easy, and there's not challenges. But this this comes back to a little bit of what we talked about earlier on in the conversation. With us going into on into this together, it would it could either go two ways. One way would be really great. The other way, it it wouldn't be quite as smooth as one would like. And in our in our case, we're super fortunate. It, it went really well. And so when those, some of those doubts or challenges come up, because there's going to be challenges, and there's a lot of them that we still have no idea that are probably on the horizon. But because things are going so well for us in terms of our working relationship together, uh, the fact that the being together every day with the business, seeing it grow, uh, we can just lean on each other. And I would say communication is how we get through that. Yeah, we're back to communication. Yep. Seems to be the theme, yep. we gotta do that. So Chris, I understand that you faced a health challenge. Um, was that during the time you were deciding to do the restaurant or after um, you had the restaurant? Talk to us a little bit about that and how it influenced you going forward with this. So some of that, some of the timelines during that period of time are a little bit foggy, it's hard to, it's hard to line things up. The, the desire to pursue a restaurant has, you know, has been long before that. I believe the first time that we looked at it was before, um, it was probably around that 2014, 2015 timeline. Uh, and, then, and then it was after, after I got sick, which would have been 2015 um, into 2016, there was a pretty good, pretty good road of. There was a pretty good road to recovery and a lot of time to think and a lot of time to dwell. Um, but I, one of the main drivers for me, I guess if I was to back up, so I had um, squamous cell carcinoma, so I had cancer um, in my tonsil and throughout the lymph nodes in my neck. So I had to go through surgery, radiation, chemo. Um, I stayed here in Idaho Falls through Teton Cancer Institute amazing group of people um, yeah I can't thank them enough so that was that was a trying time in our life but um, and you guys had little kids yeah. at this time yeah you're young yeah like a, yeah. a diagnosis of cancer is a surprise yeah it was it was it was a shock for sure uh, one of the one of the things I attribute to getting through that and that ties in with our push for pursuing firehouse subs was just keeping my mind focused on something in the future. Uh, those two things, the very first thing was, you know, the family balance part of it. Um, Natalie, the kids, uh, and you, you reach a point where it's hard to think of anything else. It, it's just hard to focus on stuff. And, and then as, as you start to see some clarity, you start to see things moving up, progressing, progressing in a positive forward direction, um, just keeping my mind working, keeping it focused on something. And that really, I guess, solidified that drive to, to take it the next step and actually commit and try and move forward. Yeah, I was gonna ask, did that journey through your treatment kind of, as you look back, is that kind of just the individual that you are? You're just gonna take on a challenge and just work through it, it um, you know, day by day, basically? It, uh, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> for sure, without a doubt. Yeah, you saw that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what was the, what was your prognosis with the cancer? Was it a pretty, was the outcome pretty, obviously you're here, we're grateful you're here, but was at the time when you got the diagnosis? It was, it, it was concerning. Uh, it's hard to understand those numbers and, and without actually pulling records, I don't, I don't want to dive into them, but it was, it had spread. It, it, 
it had, uh, if I'm using the right, it had metastasized and it had, it was spreading rapidly. Hmm. It was, it was, it was going. They wanted to get a hold of it pretty quick. There was some, there was some hiccups uh, with a false negative in the beginning, um, but it was spreading so fast it didn't take long to actually fill. Uh, the lumps in my neck form within just a few weeks after the so first. So you could phys- you physically could knew physically, it was there. I physically mm-hmm. knew something was there. Um, we got that pathology back. We're like, okay, we're good. Started filling some lumps again because the, the lymph nodes were just swelling up significantly. There was, I can't remember the exact number, but they, they did a, a radical, uh, radical modified lymph node dissection. Uh, there was... 45, between 45 and 60 lymph nodes they took out of my neck. Yeah. And they were all, they were all positive for malignancy. And it, it didn't make it into my lungs, which that was, that was the biggest part we were worried about is every organ that it takes on, so it starts in the tonsil, it goes to the lymph nodes. It's essentially a skin cancer, even though it's internal. Every organ it takes on, it's, it's just that much harder to, to come out on the other side. And, but, the doctors and the team, they didn't have any doubts all along. They were very honest about the odds. Um, they did say that the more time has gone on this particular type of cancer, they're seeing a high rate of success. The side effects, there's certain side effects from, usually from the treatment that are gonna be with you long-term. That is um, probably one of the hardest things to th- think about at this point later in the stage because I'm extremely fortunate to be doing as well as I am. Yeah. I have side effects that are going to stay with me a long time. They're more or less a nuisance in my case compared to there are a lot of other individuals my same age in their early 30s, same prognosis, same advanced stage, um, but the side effects, their body's just not able to come back to rebound as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's it's, a, it's hard to... I'm grateful and I'm extremely happy and it's exciting, but sometimes you almost feel, you feel bad about being excited because there's, you know, there's some other people that are having challenges, uh, trying to, trying to come out on the other side. Yeah. I, isn't that human nature? I think that we do compare ourselves and our, our challenges. Um, but you got to celebrate that you've overcome that that so far, look at where you're at in your journey. I think that's great. So Natalie, as you watched him go through that, how do you see his resolve going through treatment for cancer and him as a businessman? Do you see any alignment there in in how he tackles problems? He's very much strong-willed. That's one of the things that I was so attracted to him when, when I first met him. Any goal he set, he crushed it. I mean, anything he sets his sight on, he accomplishes it. So I think it's just part of his nature. She's leaving out the part that I procrastinate a lot. <laughs> well, we all have that I get, other I get little sidetracked. Side. <laughs> That's why you have I her. I mentally prioritize the things that kind of get pushed around. That's why you have her. <laughs> yeah, right? It's true. We're, we're it's good true. balances. We yeah. do make a good team. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, well, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate you being vulnerable and talking about that journey. How, do you think it's made you a better business owner? I think so. It, it um, as I mentioned a little previously, it, it solidified that foundation and that drive and that direction to take the next step and to just make sure that we push forward and failure is not an option. Yeah, yeah, good for you. What keeps you inspired? Our people. I absolutely love all of our people and every time if they have a good experience with something, they'll reach out. For example, we had one that just texted me last night and with his last paycheck, he's able to go through his whole next year of college debt-free. So that was a huge deal. And just knowing that we are able to impact everybody's lives that's with us, it, it means a lot to us. I love that, that's great. I love that they're willing to share. Yeah, well, it sounds like you have a little family down there. Yeah. Um, so looking back, guys, you've been doing this for just over a year, you've been these successful business owners. What advice do you have for people who are thinking about self-employment, being business owners themselves? I absolutely say if this is something you want to do, jump in. Um, best advice initially is do your research. 
spend that time, plan it at that computer, doing your research, do that background, and then get out of the house and go out and start networking. Start talking to people. It's amazing how many other business owners, even if you're going into the same line of work and could be competitors to, to a large degree for whatever you might be going into, are just willing to talk and give advice. They, they love sharing their experiences. They love talking about it. They really enjoy it. And so every little bit you can pull from that, I would say that would be the first step and the most important part. Uh, the second part of that, I would say, is um, trying to set yourself up uh, financially and planning with the bank. What, what is it going to take to to qualify for a loan? Um, can I save over a period of years and set a goal where I don't have to take that option? Whatever, whatever you choose, uh, a lot of banks are willing to sit down and consult with you as well. Hey, these are the kind of things that we would look for based on what you're after. Start those steps early so that you have time to plan and take advantage of an opportunity if it comes up. Yeah, I love that. I think that um, some of us do come into it kind of naive, like, well, they started a business, so why can't I? And there does need to be a little planning around yes, that. Yes, there does. Yeah. So what do you think is fun about the work that you do? Everything. The energy when I walk into our stores is just phenomenal. It's so fun to see our our crew get to know some of their customers and just that excitement when they get to see each other. I mean, I love everything about this. I understand you guys do catering. Yes, we do. Talk to me a little bit about that. So um, right now we got a contract with the site. So we've been providing 570 sandwiches. What? Monday through Friday. <laughs> That's a lot of sandwiches. Yep, we have to leave the store by 9 a.m. in the morning. So we have a group of people that come at five, between five and six, and we crank them out. And it's just a really fun energy in the store. We can play music and just kind of talk and chat and it's just a really fun experience all around. Because that's earlier than your normal business hours. You guys very are just much in earlier. There. <laughs> I think if we would have, you know, if Firehouse would have offered breakfast, I would not have been quite as excited. I'm not much of a morning person, but right. it's been a good experience. So how long will you be doing that? Is that because of COVID that has caused, given you the opportunity to have that contract? Yes. So we're yeah. taking it week by week, but as of now, I believe we're going to do another two or three possibly. Yeah, that's great. So. That's great. Well, how fun for you. Okay, so what's the future for Firehouse Sub and you guys? Uh, we, we plan on staying with it for the foreseeable future. Uh, we don't have any plans on leaving. It's where we started. It's where we want to continue to grow. We have plans for expanding across East Idaho. Uh, Ammon, we're working, on, we're working on a project in Ammon. Hopefully within the month, uh, we'll break ground and start moving forward. Can you tell us where that's at? Or is that top secret right now? Just because we haven't signed the lease, I'm not sure how the landlord would feel about it. Okay. So, um, <laughs> but Ammon. You know, it, 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 we, it has been talked about, but I don't want to say. It's okay. In a situation so formal <laughs> yeah. since we haven't talked with the landlord yet. But I would say they, we've signed our portion of the lease. They should sign uh, this week. The coronavirus stuff put a little bit of a delay on that. Yeah. But. Everything's moving forward. So. We'll know soon where that's yeah, we'll going to be. Soon. Okay, yeah. perfect. All right, is there anything else? We've talked for quite a while. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners before I let you both go? Just really appreciate you coming out. Oh, well, I'm happy to have you guys on the show. It's fun to, uh, to work with um, new entrepreneurs and kind of see your success and also talk about franchising because that's something that we, we haven't really covered a whole lot of. So thanks for educating us on that. Anything from you, Chris? I don't think so. This is, this is definitely a first. It's a unique experience, but, you know, sometimes my wife tells me I like to talk a little bit too much, so maybe I'll be all over this more <laughs> in the future. You can just listen to yourself over and over and over. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on the show today. The story of Firehouse Subs is inspiring, and then we add yours to the top of it. I don't know how anyone would not want to be a customer. So I'm excited for you both. Thank you for your service to the community, especially through the restaurant um, and working as a firefighter. Thank you. And also, um, if you haven't tried their food yet, guys, you need to get over there and try it out. Hopefully we'll be opening the dining room soon. Do you have an idea on when the dining room gets to open? 
Uh, as far as we know, the 16th. Okay. And so maybe even uh, by the time this drops. Yeah, so we'll have a little bit of conversation back and forth with our local district health department. But everything we have planned uh, is is well within well within the requirements the state's put out. Great. All right, well, we'll get in there and see you soon. Thank you. As a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. So if you're looking for automotive repair provided with honesty and integrity, come see us and let our family take care of your family. Now stay tuned for the Business Leadership Moment. It's now time for a Business Leadership Moment on East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Thank you for joining me for the Business Leadership Moment. This segment is sponsored by RiseCon. RiseCon is an East Idaho business conference held every November. And its sister event called RiseX, which is a monthly networking mastermind all sorts of great event. Um, please check it out at IdahoRiseCon.com or RiseX.io. Find out more information and please join us for our next RiseX. I promise you won't be disappointed. Um, okay, I wanted to talk to you briefly today about this great thing we call multitasking. And the reason is because I have recently really struggled with focus. And I don't know if that's happening with you guys as a result of this COVID situation, I've been very confused, really, because it seems like I should be less distracted. Um, there isn't, there aren't as many things competing for my time, but I'm looking for things to entertain me, or you know, that I'm looking at, like what's going on with COVID and where are we at and who's talking about what, and um, you know, I just feel so distracted that I've had a real challenge focusing and I don't I don't understand what's happening because it seems like my time is there. So I just wanted to share with you a couple of things. If this sounds familiar to you, whether it's related to COVID or if it's just your life, um, and I wanted to share some things with you about being distracted. Every time we succumb to distraction, it takes anywhere from five to 25 minutes to get back on track with your primary task. And I, if you would have challenged me with this, I would have fought you around it because I prided myself on being able to jump from one thing to the other and be right in the middle and be able to pick it up. But I've noticed that I think that I'm doing that, but actually I have lost momentum and I'm not as good at that. So I believe this five to 25 minutes in order for you to get back on track. So how much is that eating away throughout your day? Also, quick switches from one task to another actually produce excess stress hormones. So you've heard of cortisol, probably certainly adrenaline. When we are doing that, we kind of live in that world of that cortisol and adrenaline, and it can leave us feeling more frantic and exhausted and sometimes even disoriented, like, what, what am I doing now? I mean, I lose my place 50 times, so this is real for me. Um, what I also know about being distracted is... I feel kind of guilty because I know that there's these things that I need to really do, um, but I lie to myself and say, but all of these emails that I need to check and and these other things that I need to do are so important, um, I, I can just knock these out really quick. But then I feel guilty because my big jobs are still sitting over there. Um, just know, too, I think our overstimulated brain can't calm down and it affects the quality of our sleep. Um, I think... I, com I comment frequently to Kevin about how I feel like I'm in this fog. And I wonder if this isn't part of my reason of, you know, because I'm jumping all over the place and I can't get focused. Your productivity and efficiency absolutely decreased and decrease. And what they say is it actually costs you about two hours in every workday for this jumping around all over the place. Now, it's not to suggest that some people can't do this and do it well. Um, because I truly believe that in certain situations, there are individuals that do this really well. But as a rule, this multitasking and jumping all over does not serve us. So one of the things I wanted to just let you know that I have really tried to utilize um, when I'm in the zone, I should say, because I, I'm, I'm telling you guys this because it's something that I need to really work on. So I figured if I use this as a business leadership moment, it would help motivate me to get back and be focused. Um, but 
I have a tool that is called Focus at Will, and I'm not necessarily promoting this tool. I'm just telling you about it. There's definitely other ways that this can happen. But Focus at Will provides personalized music that increases focus. So increases focus. So you actually take this little quiz to find out what type of a brain you have. If you're prone to, um, you know, even to be very methodical and thinking about things, um, it, it adjusts the music to that. If you tend to be a little more on the ADHD side, it helps the music that is chosen. It's customized for your brain and the way that you think, and it helps to make you focus. So you can set the timer for any, as any length of time that you want to try to focus and um, just listen to this music. And it has been proven to help um, focus. So I have actually been using this for a while, and I, I really do believe that it has helped me, mostly because there's a timer. Um, I block out everything else. I do put do not disturb on my computer and on my phone. And I just do my one thing while that timer is on, while that music is playing. So you could absolutely do this without having this app. Um, just set a timer, pick some calming music. The great thing I like about Focus at Will is I don't recognize any of the tracks because I, you know, you're going to suck me in and I'll start singing along or whatever. And that's not this type, the type of music that it is. It's not anything that I would recognize and, and it's tones and things that I, you know, I can kind of block out. I don't feel like I have to sing along to. So that's one of the things that's good. But if you can pick some music or whatever, however you work that you don't feel like it's distracting and set a timer and just pick one thing that you're going to focus on and do it for 15 minutes. I tell you, it's so powerful. And this sounds very basic and you're like, yeah, Renee, I know this is easy. It is easy to do. It's simple to do, but it's not easy to do. And so um, I just wanted to remind y'all that this is the time where we really could tap into our superpower of focused work. And, um, you know, we don't need anything too special to do it. There are definitely apps, probably different ones, even than Focus at Will that are available. Um, but I'm going to challenge you to schedule a deep work session where you really focus, do it today, try it tomorrow. Your brain is going to thank you, and I'll start getting into that pattern of where you can really knock some work out. Um, and I'm going to put that challenge right back on myself as well. So thanks, guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next week. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast, proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair. For all your car care needs in eastern Idaho, let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com.